0: Heads up! If you're listening to this episode, there might be some changes to the resources that are shared or talked about. Health Promotion has moved to University Recreation and no longer exists as the Well. Check out Season 2, Episode 1 to learn about these changes or visit JMU UREC's website. Hey there! Welcome to Well Dukes. This podcast is brought to you by UREC Health Promotion. Tune in every other Wednesday for conversations that we hope challenge what you know, think, or do in regard to your own health and wellness and helps you be Well Dukes. Hello, Dukes, and welcome back to the Well Dukes podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Shutt, and today we have two very special guests with us Adam and Jessica. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure. So my name is Jessica Sampson, I'm a PA at the Health Center.
1: I'm Adam Schmidt. I'm uh, one of the nurses here at the Health Center.
0: Today, we're going to talk a little bit about men's health. So at number one, we want to kind of start with talking a little bit about the invincibility complex. Sure. So... It's no secret. Um, young
2: adults tend to see themselves as invincible. That doesn't go for just males. Um, that, that includes females as well. That can lead some people to pass judgment on young adults, but there's actually some scientific reasoning for why uh, young people tend to feel this way. The frontal lobe, um, which is a part of our brain right there in the front, contributes to our personality, but it also controls something called executive functioning. That executive functioning is what actually helps people problem solve, make decisions, and recognize potential consequences. For females, that's usually developed around age 25, and for males, it's actually typically closer to 30. Since this is a podcast related to men's health, we're going to talk about some things we regularly see young men present for here in the health center, many of which are related to those higher risk behaviors due to this invincible feeling.
0: Awesome. So we're going to get started and discuss a few things um, that we can Talk about to prevent these unwanted consequences um, when it comes to young men related to their sexual health, injuries, and mental health. At number two, if we could talk about sexual health. Sure. So first thing to
2: know is testicular cancer is most common in young men, specifically ages 20 to 34. So if you notice a lump in your testicle, please have this evaluated by a medical provider. Unfortunately, we have had cases of testicular cancer caught at the health center in the past. Another thing we occasionally see is erectile dysfunction. Many people feel like erectile dysfunction is an older male problem, but we see it in young males as well. The largest cause of erectile dysfunction amongst young males is actually psychosocial. This can be due to alcohol use, tobacco smoking, and mental health concerns such as depression, anxiety, performance anxiety, relationship conflict, or trauma, as well as we do occasionally see sexual identity issues. The number one reason we see young males in the health center related to their sexual health is sexually transmitted infection concern. Males will present both asymptomatically and symptomatically. Symptoms we frequently encounter are rash, sometimes it's painful urination, discharge from the penis, and pain within the groin. As an aside, we occasionally have males who present with concern for a UTI, a UTI in the simple sense is a bladder infection and the likelihood that painful urination and a young adult male is related to a UTI is pretty low and it would be much more likely if they have painful urination that it would actually be due to a sexually transmitted infection, just due to the anatomical differences in a male and a female. Some of the STIs we see here at the health center are gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, HIV, genital herpes, genital warts and molluscum contagiosum. Those last three, those are viral infections that cause a rash in the groin area. When it comes to gonorrhea and chlamydia, we will see those present on the genitalia but also in the throat or the rectum. Some people are under the impression that oral and rectal sex are unable to pass sexually transmitted infections, but that is simply not true. That is a good segue to discuss prevention of STIs.
1: Yeah. So, um, prevention, uh, there's a couple, couple of things that all young adults are up against, um, men in in particular for some of these things. Um, so I'll touch on a few of those. Um, the first big thing is that only about half of U S states require sex ed to be taught in schools. Um, and the sex ed that is required is pretty minimal. Um, so the, unfortunate and very real sense of where a lot of us learn about sex as a society is from porn or pornography. Um, it's really accessible, um, but we what we fail to sort of take into account is that it's entertainment. It's not meant to be educational. So we don't get things modeled to us like consent, how to ask for consent, how to give consent. Um, you know, in if we're discussing that piece in corn, all of that happens behind the scenes or off camera. And so um, I think it's important to recognize that if, if you're consuming that, it is, um, there's many other things to take into account, but um, it is not meant to be a, uh, a how-to guide. The other piece to take into account is that if we get something wrong, there's a lot of shame um, coming at us. And we're, we're supposed to know how to do everything, not ask questions, and then also get it right. And that's not um, realistic. So um, a couple of other things that we'll talk about in prevention here. So we're we're not taught how to be in a relationship, how to be a good partner, how to communicate. Um, all of these things are super important. Um, what even is consent? Um, I'll read a definition of consent here that is you know, a kind of a tip of the iceberg. Know that this is a really big subject that takes time and practice to understand. But um, just keep an open mind and know that it's going to look a little different for everybody. Um, but the definition that I really like is coming from uh, Emily Degoski, who's a sex researcher. Um, she says, "Consent uh, in the context of sex worth having." is everyone is glad to be there and free to leave with no unwanted consequences. So it's really important to keep checking in um, throughout a sexual experience. Um, And also, you know, that's uh, ideally that happens before the experience begins because we're talking about prevention. Um, The other thing is STI testing um, and prevention with a condom Wear a condom <laughs> if you're a guy. Uh, it's a massive sign of respect to your partner. Um, your pleasure being decreased by a small amount is not something that's worth um, holding over people. And I think that that's a really important part of our culture that we just don't discuss very much. Um, STIs are making a big comeback um, in the past, you know, five issues or so. Condom usage has decreased um, overall. Um, that's not the only factor but it is a really important one to discuss so um, there's a couple of things that we'll link in the show notes um, about consent Um, but just just know that it's it's important to know this and it's a big topic but it's also not as intimidating um, I think as um, a lot of our societal conversations make it out to be so um, kind of read through some of these things Uh, one of them is called the CERTS model there's the stars conversation and those are acronyms um, and hopefully we can kind of get those get those out there to uh, start some conversations
0: absolutely those will be in our show notes at the top of the podcast at number three we want to get started with talking about some common injuries that you all may see at the health center Injuries
2: are very common in young males for multiple reasons. Acute injuries of students here at JMU are typically seen in our urgent care area of the health center. They can be seen by just simply walking in for an evaluation. It's done this way because some injuries need to be evaluated earlier rather than later to prevent complications. One type of injury that comes to mind is a laceration. The longer amount of time that cuts are open wounds, the more likely they are to be contaminated, and that can affect whether a repair can be done, and ultimately affects the healing process as a whole as well. Motor vehicle accidents are a common cause of injury for all ages and all sexes. We certainly see injuries from cars as well as bikes, but one vehicle we have seen an increased rate of injury from lately are bird scooters. It is legal to ride these scooters on the road, but if you are going to get on one, please do so in an unimpaired state, meaning no alcohol or drugs in your system, and with a helmet. I won't describe all the different types of injuries we have seen, but wearing a helmet can decrease chances of a frequent injury we see. Concussions are mild traumatic brain injuries that result in impaired brain function. We see head injuries every week from various causes and the length of time for complete resolution of the symptoms is different for every person and it depends on multiple factors. If you are seen for a head injury, a discussion will be had about the best way to return to school, work, and physical activities. We talked about helmets helping decrease the risk of head injury, but another modifiable risk we should talk about is alcohol consumption. Alcohol is known to lower our inhibitions, especially in young adults. When we couple that with what we talked about earlier, that a college age person does not have a fully formed frontal cortex, the combination can lead to increased risky behaviors and thus increased injuries. This is not solely the case for males, but males are known to take higher risk in general and specifically college age males. This is not to say abstain from alcohol completely, because that is not practical, but you can limit your alcohol amount. And most importantly, if you know you will be consuming alcohol, think ahead. This could mean making sure you have a sober designated driver, or it could mean having friends around you who will be watching out for your best interest, among other things.
0: So coming in at number four, we have mental health. Would we like to talk a little bit about men's mental health in specific?
2: Yes. So it goes without saying that everybody's mental health is of utmost importance. There are some known differences in mental health disorders for males and females. Females tend to have higher rates of depression and anxiety, whereas males are more likely to have a substance use disorder and engage in those risky behaviors we've talked about. We see all of the above at the health center, and another I would add in that we see frequently is actually insomnia, meaning they don't sleep well at night. Young males, although we know they are experiencing these mental health conditions, statistically likely to seek care. This is for a number of reasons, but is likely related to the stigma that is attached to having a mental health disorder, along with denial that a problem even exists.
1: Yeah, if we uh, take a step back and think about all the messages we absorbed about masculinity growing up, um, or at least speaking for myself that I absorbed, um, I don't think I'm alone in, in some of these stereotypes. Um, it's, it's a guy who's doesn't express his feelings um, unless it's anger, um, and that's supposed to be the sort of vision of strength um, that we take away. I know that's a pretty simplistic stereotype, but um, again, that's my experience um, a bit. So again, speaking from my own experience with uh, anxiety, I got really good at suppressing uh, what I was feeling. Um, And that kept me from accessing solutions. I was really good at ignoring feelings and even just being able to admit that I was feeling something. there's this unspoken rule that men don't ask for help. Um, but for me, when I started to sort of ask for help and, and, and some of that started talking to friends about what I was going through, just simple, like, man, I'm feeling really overwhelmed about this thing. Um, it helped me recognize I'm not alone. And I think that's a big part, at least for me, again, it was huge to just recognize that there's other people going through this, that I don't have to feel some sense of shame or weakness, um, that it's happening to me. Um, And, you know, it helps me to know that I was normal. Um, Normal is kind of a weird word to think about because everyone's a little different. So everyone's normal is going to be a little different. Um, But it was really, it it stuck with me in such a profound way to know that I'm not going to be the only one going through something, which means there are solutions to many of those things. Um, So just normalizing that. Um, I think was really helpful for, for me, and I hope that sharing my experience might be for some others as well. So
2: some young males present here at the health center with insight into the fact that they might be experiencing a mental health disorder, um, but others actually present with various mental and physical concerns. So let's talk a little bit more about the symptoms we actually see. So many people know feeling nervous, stressed, or upset can be a sign of a mental health disorder, but these are also all very normal emotions to have, and they can lead to a productive, meaningful life. However, when these emotions become prolonged or lead to reactions that are bigger than the issue that's at hand, that can be a signal that a person may actually be struggling Males, we tend to see more anger or irritability than reporting that they feel down. We also see a lot of physical symptoms such as fatigue, weight changes, headaches, chest pain, shortness of breath. Some people have uh, GI symptoms, which are nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain. Of course, this is not to say that those symptoms I just listed aren't caused by many other disorders. But just to mention that those symptoms can actually be due to a mental health disorder, and frequently they are the first way that a patient presents to a medical provider here at the health center.
1: Mental health doesn't uh, fall entirely under what we call modifiable risk factors, um, quote unquote, or you know things that we have choices over um, controlling a bit. Um, but there are some steps that we can take that will certainly help um, our mental health um, some of them are really basic and boring, and I say that because um, you've probably heard them all your life in some annoying and sometimes patronizing form. Um, you know, get enough sleep, eat a balanced diet, exercise regularly—kind of those things that, yeah, we all know that we should do. But what does that really mean? Um, so things that were helpful for me is is to not put them in such a rigid box. Um, so, for um, if you're having trouble sleeping, for example, a few simple tips. Um, Stay away from screens for an hour or so before you go to bed. Um, That's hard because we live on screens, but um, it's something that's really important. It decreases, um, I believe it decreases your melatonin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And so that makes it harder to fall asleep. Um, Try not to eat too much right before you go to bed. Don't drink too much alcohol before you go to bed. All of those things are going to make it um, harder to stay asleep if you are able to fall asleep moving on to exercise. Um, It's a loaded term for some people. Um, I think I like the term movement. Um, Instead of exercise, that can mean just going for walks, yoga, stretching, um, even doing some simple breath work, something that sort of brings you into your body Um, that can help decrease anxiety, help sort of calm you a bit, helps with sleep. It helps with yeah many things. You think about, you know, someone taking a penalty kick in soccer or taking a free throw. First thing they do is take a couple of really deep breaths. Um, and so it's really important just to remember that moving doesn't mean hitting the gym five times a week. Um, if that's not something that's that you're into or is possible for you. Moving on to diet, don't stress too hard about sort of getting it, uh, you know, quote unquote, right. Eat a variety of foods, eat some fruits and vegetables every day. Um, try not to consume, you know, copious amounts of sugar in, in, at every meal. Um, But it's really easy to get overwhelmed by the sort of diet and wellness culture. Um, And sometimes that can, it just gets overwhelming. There are advisable ways to eat. Um, What kind of foods you eat and want to avoid is really important. Yes, Um, but just find what works for you um, and expect that that will change over time. Um, It's really important to establish good habits now, but it's, you're not going to reach your peak sort of um diet plan uh in the midst of stress so just know that
0: absolutely thank you for that at number five we want to go ahead and just move on to summarize all of this if you all had to summarize all of this what would you um say to our audience
2: first things first if you're a young male you have a concern i can't say it enough just ask for help this goes for a sexual health concern physical concern, such as an injury or a mental health concern. You can be assured you're not the only person to have experienced what you're going through and there are resources to help without judgment. I say without judgment because that is typically what leads young males to not seek care, whether it be judgment from the provider, judgment from their peers, and sometimes judgment due to their parents.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that, um, we are not, and I'll put myself in this category, um, at that age, we're not working at our peak sort of mental functioning yet. And it's not a criticism or, you know, something to poke fun at, it's just sort of biology. So if we're going to do something, if you're going to be, engage risky behavior or, um, you know, have a couple of drinks and do something, pause before you do that, that thing that you're sort of like amping yourself up to do, or, um, if you're, engaging with a potential partner pause and figure out is is everything okay here you know do we need to talk about consent um if you're not comfortable wearing um a condom you know that's something that you need to talk explicitly with about your with your partner and if they're not comfortable don't sort of kind of forcing coerce that and again when you're dealing with stress just pause um, think about where we're at and slow down and take a couple of deep breaths and know that it'll be okay. And there are people who want to help. Um, and just, it's asking for that help. That's really important.
0: Well, I want to thank you both for being on today. It's been a great time getting to learn from you all. And hopefully, um, my audience can say the same, um, Just closing out, I want to remind everybody to follow JMU UREC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up on all things UREC and all things Well Dukes. And as always, be well Dukes.